Alleluia, Christ is risen. He has risen indeed. Alleluia. And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away every tears that fall from all faces. And the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. Sometimes it's hard to see through the gloom, to see the reality of a matter. Sometimes it is hard for us to believe that God is in control and that all things are in his hands. It's hard to believe that his will is the one that is done when we experience all the evils of the devil, the world, and even our own sinful nature. Sometimes we're filled with sadness. Sometimes we are alarmed. Sometimes we tremble. And sometimes we want to run away because we're afraid. In the darkness of our world, we see seeds of mistrust. We see fear sown into the hearts of man. I don't know about you, but I've been seeing, and I'm sure you have as well, lots of hate and division and fear of one another. We see fear of disease. We see fear of the ways that some have used the turmoil in our world to gain power. Our world seems to like it. Uh, our se world seems like it is covered in a veil. Our world seems like it's out of control. Bob Dylan once wrote, It's getting dark, too dark to see. And in some ways it seems even darker now than it did when he penned those words nearly 50 years ago. Now you might be thinking by this point, Pastor, this is Easter. <laughs> How about giving us some good news? Well, the good news is that in Christ, the reality of things is much different than what it now appears. On the Friday that the church now labels good, the devil thought that he had killed God. The reality is, the death of God was the death of the devil's claim over sinful man. The death of God sealed the devil's fate, and in that death, the victory was won. The cross of Jesus, it became a hammer that crushed the serpent's head. A spear that killed that old evil foe. From a heavenly point of view, a heavenly vantage, vantage point, so to speak, at the death of Jesus, the serpent was slain. But from this side of heaven, where we reside, 
where Jesus' disciples and the few faithful women resided, all appeared to be hopeless when Jesus breathed his last breath and hung his head from the cross. They felt such despair that nobody knew what to do. For the prophecy that Simeon spoke to Mary when Jesus was an infant now came to fulfillment. And she felt such deep sorrow and pain, Mary did, as though a spear was piercing her own soul. And as they laid Jesus into the tomb and sealed it with a large stone, it appeared as though the disciples were burying their hope and closing it off. But three days after the most terrible event, three days after the death of God, the most amazing thing that could ever be imagined took place. Jesus rose from the grave. The eternal nature of death, it was destroyed. Even death itself was swallowed up in victory, for the sinless Son of God could not be held by its restraints. He rose to set free all who trusted in His promise, who trust in His saving work. He rose so that all who receive Him can have a place in heaven. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. That's the reality we live in. No matter what the enemy threatens, he cannot take away the fact that he is defeated and everlasting paradise is ours. He cannot take that away no matter what happens. Victory is accomplished. It is finished. That is the reality. But that is not always the way things seem. That is not the way things seemed three days after the crucifixion for the three women in our gospel lesson. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene married the mother of James and Salome. They brought spices so that they might go and anoint Jesus. And very early on that first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They were there saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? The women were on their way to see a dead Jesus. They wanted to properly anoint his body for burial since this could not be done on the day that Jesus died. I can't imagine the amount of tears that were shed and the deep sense of despair that they felt. It must have sunk right into the pit of their stomachs. I bet the pain at that... I bet the pain at times made it impossible for them to stand. Perhaps you felt such pain and loss. Perhaps you understand what they were going through. In their grief, 
They were looking to descend to the place of the dead. To do that, they thought that they would have to remove the obstacle that stood between them and their dead Son of God. They were without strength, and yet they felt as though it was up to them. Do you ever feel that way? Do you ever feel like you are in a helpless, hopeless situation? And it's all up to you to do what needs to be done. Looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe. They were alarmed. They were expecting death. What did they see? Life. They expected to see Jesus. But what they saw was a young man with a message. They expected to cry and mourn. But this expectation was replaced with alarm. The young man said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him? But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. The young man, the young man in this gospel, he did what, <laughs> this young man did what every pastor since is supposed to do. He proclaimed to those women the crucified and risen Lord to replace the despair of their situation with the hope of the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Moreover, he gave them the promise that they will see their risen Lord again face to face. In other words, that young man proclaimed what this now middle-aged man is echoing for you today. Jesus died in your place for your sin. He paid the full redemption price by his death. But that same Jesus who died is now alive. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Moreover, he has gone to prepare a place for you in heaven where you will one day see him face to face. That's the message. That's the message. The women didn't know what to think about this message. They went out and they fled from the tomb for trembling and astonishment and had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Wait, what? That's not exactly what you expect a gospel reading for Easter uh, Sunday to end with. But that's what we have today. You see, they heard the reality of the situation, 
that Jesus was alive, that death was swallowed up in victory. They lived in that reality, but they didn't quite feel it yet. Do you ever act in fear? Do you ever get scared and let your mind fret as if Jesus didn't rise from the dead? (laughs) Do you ever act as though the way things appear in this fallen world Do you ever act as though that's the way things actually are? Me too. But today, and every day that we are tempted to believe the devil's lie that leads us to despair, we need to hear the proclamation that death has been swallowed up in victory. God's not dead. God burst forth from death's strong cords. On the third day, we may have real tears. We may have real pain. But those tears will be wiped away by our risen Lord when we see him face to face. And of all the fears and all the fleeing that we have succumbed to, it's all going to be replaced with joy. The joy that comes from seeing the Lamb who had been slain but now lives. We will see our Redeemer face to face in our own flesh. As Job said, my eyes and not another's. And it will be said on that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for Him that He might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us rejoice and be glad in our salvation. I pray that the reality of our situation, that is the truth of the situation from God's heavenly point of view, would shape the way that we live and move and have our being on this side of heaven. And I pray that we would see things from heaven's point of view when we look at things like the baptismal font, that we would recognize that for what it is, a life-giving water, rich in grace, a washing of the new birth in the Holy Spirit. And that when we hear the pastor speaking the words, I forgive you, I pray that we would be able to see beyond that sinner who appears to be speaking all the way back to the sinless Son of God who first commissioned those words to be heard by our ears. And when we come up to this table, I pray that the Holy Spirit would give us eyes to see beyond the earthly appearance of bread and wine that we would actually see our Redeemer, the one who rose on the third day in his flesh and blood, that we would see that even here in this shadow land, we are accompanied by the one who could not be held down by the grave, 
God grant us eyes to see. God grant us ears to hear that we would be of the truth and listen to his voice. That we would recognize that no matter how out of control, no matter how dark things appear to be, the reality is, the reality is, salvation is one. And even in this dark place, Jesus is busy gathering sheep and taking them home. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia.